What you are about to hear is the Hashtag Cult Podcast. What is a Hashtag Cult? Hashtag Cults are groups that signal membership by using a hashtag or keyword. This allows the group to operate on many different sites and makes them difficult to pinpoint. They use the hashtag model to spread propaganda on a variety of social media platforms without having a central account. This is usually because their ideas are offensive or their methods of communicating are abusive and border on website policy violations. In this show, we will show you the coercive groups and cults hiding in plain sight on the internet. Okay. Okay. Hello. Who the hell am I? Well, maybe I should shut up for once. Who the hell are you? Well, I'm Rachel Klachewski. I'm a sex and relationship therapist and educator. I've been working in my field for about 10 years and have been working to help people understand boundaries, relationships, their sexuality, sexual dysfunction. It kind of runs a bit of a gamut. This is a serial style podcast. It's it's sequential. Go back right now, listen to episode one, and then move forward. Um, we are making a podcast documentary about a group called MGTOW. MGTOW stands for... Rachel, you knew MGTOW, which was crazy. M- MGTOW stands for... Yeah. Rachel? Men you, go their own way. Going their own way. And, and if you ever get it slightly wrong, they will tell you in the comments section. Uh, there's a cult. Uh, and today we have what I think is our most important interview ever. I mentioned on here before... Mm-hmm. Uh, that there are people who get out of this. We are talking to um, a, a guy. I'm not going to say his name because he because he asked me not to. But uh, my my black opinion. He's a YouTuber. He's a young man in his uh, mid twenties who uh, was questioning MGTOW. Um, he's black. That's hence his name. And he's now part of the X Red Pill Reddit. And I got to talk to him about his experience in, in watching this stuff, and me and Rachel are going to go through his interview. Let's let's move to point uh, to, to clip number seven here about what it's like okay. commenting. Um, it was more. I think I more liked comments that were toxic. <laughs> like I more liked comments that were toxic. Like, like I don't know, like. I would always see things in more black and white rather than nuanced because, um, you know, it seems like the red pill is more black and white. So let's say a girl has, like, a best friend who's a guy or something. Like, the red pill would be like, yo, she's, I don't know if I should, but you can she's say, doing You can say stuff. anything you want, yeah. Say whatever okay, you want. Okay, so she's, like, fucking on this nigga. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what, like, some crazy shit like that, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, oh, really? Like, she has a male best friend, or she has a male friend, she has, you know, like, stuff like that, you know, be like, wow, like, you're a simp, like, you know, some crazy stuff like that, you know what I mean? And, hey, that might be a possibility or whatever, but I feel like the world is a lot more nuanced and just 
just because this situation is this situation mm. doesn't mean that that's the definite type of shit. So the red pill always focuses on, not always focuses on, but is very black and white. And I would mostly um, focus on black and white and comment more black and white. Like, like I knew everything about the entire situation when the world is a lot more nuanced than that type of thing. So, so this he's talking about, I asked, you know, were you, were you taking people down? And he said there was mm-hmm. a lot of agreeing. Yeah, he also, he said something really interesting that he's always speaking so confidently, like, oh, that's what it is. Like not taking nuance into consideration, mm-hmm. which I thought was, again, another super awesome thing that he puts out there is that everything is so black and white, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't be friends Right, you, you, man and a woman can't be friends. He wants to fuck her. There's no way that they could be together if he wasn't like trying to have sex with her. And she's just using him, of course, right? Because everything's so transactional between men and women to these people, right? That like they can't just have a friendship. No, that doesn't. That can't exist. Yeah, that, men and women have to have transactions. That, that that that's a great way to put it because I am always confused by that point that they're making. Because it, it definitely is a little bit, I mean, I always define it as many times as I need on the show, the long leash, leash of misogyny. It's, this is only a little bit over the line of the, the stuff people say. You know, we let men be very misogynistic. We're a very, you know, there's a lot of rape culture. There's a lot of misogyny. That one confuses me because I'm always like, what are you, you, it has to be a point he says later on, which is, um, you know, he's not spending time with women. Because what are you doing with friends, with girls that you're friends with? Or girl, like, what are you doing with your friends that there's some transaction? You know what I mean? I'm always confused by that. Like, what are you guys doing? It's like, is someone like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go to your bank and take out a deposit. Like, I can't see. I've never done activities with friends where I feel like someone was y- using me where it wasn't like uh, just a bad thing. A friend was using a friend that borrows money. I, I, I don't know what they're doing together. And that's a great point to bring up that it's like, Oh, they're just, they're viewing it through the lens of women should, uh, the cult is banking on you knowing about this prejudice that women will, will use men and that you'll accept that women will, 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 are, are having an exchange. She's only with him because he can give her X. So that, that's a really good way to put it. Right. Everything's transactional. And that's that prejudice. The cult leader knows like, bam, play on that. They'll buy into it. And also never realizing how much transaction they're putting into this. Right. Because if he just wants to fuck her, then why do you care if she's using him for other things? (laughs) Right. Isn't he being transactional, too? Right. (laughs) Right. His problem is an inequitable transaction. The, the, the MGTOW and the red pill has an issue that the transact, not that, that, that life should be about finding friends and finding love and being happy. It's that this was a, a deal. You should have given mm-hmm. him his end of the bargain. Yeah, that is crazy. Right, right. You put the, you put the nice guy coins in and you get the sex in return, right? That's how that works. That's and when works. I say nice guys, it's nice guys TM. These are not actually nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do think maybe we should make nice guy coins. That's pretty funny. I'm working on one of the derisive <laughs> words they use uh, for the way women uh, uh, use men. Is they, they, There's one element of it, which is the marital using of it, which is that they, they will use 
men to get money and all those different things. But and they have no word for that um, other than their regular generic mis- misogynistic a Walt. All women are like that. All that kind of stuff. But the word they use for when mm-hmm. women are using men for sex is the cock carousel. And I have been working on, I'm gonna send you, it's not finished yet, but I've been working on a beautiful painting of a cock carousel that I really think is a piece <laughs> of art that is, but it's not It's not women. It's like everybody enjoying the cock carousel because to me that evoked this bacchanalia kind of imagery. And I, it's not, it's not quite trolling them, but it's the closest I'll ever get to trolling them because it did really evoke something, like a carousel with all these cocks on it and men and women and I mean, trans, I love it. Right? It's, yeah. So maybe we'll make nice guy coins too. I, I like that. Um, <laughs> let's, um, let's talk about my black opinion getting into YouTube himself and finding, finding the other side of it. And let's get into questioning here in clip number eight. Would you and then would you get you would get a lot of praise too from someone being from you saying that I'm sure that they'd be like oh yeah definitely yeah 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 definitely um, when I made my YouTube account this is when I was away from well firstly away from MGTOW for some reason I had this weird response right because I made this um, video called like I don't know like exposing MGTOW or something like that and then. I would just see, like, a giant avalanche of just, like, just hate, like, like, massive dislikes. And then I'm just like, what, what is going on? And then I realized, wow, like, these people aren't really thinking, like, cognitively, if that makes sense. Almost like zombies, you know what I mean? And I, I saw holes in the MGTOW argument, and I saw holes... And the red pill argument, and it was just weird, like responding to their comments in a logical way, and just getting just an emotional response. It was almost like women. It's like it was almost like responding to just an emotional little girl, but like on steroids. It was it was just really weird. So yeah, he started yeah. his own channel and and starting to feel a little bit more like us putting stuff out there and, and getting the response from them just by asking questions. Exactly. Um, he did say something a little interesting here when he was like, wh- when he was saying that they're zombie-like in their response, but when he starts getting logical with them, he said they get emotional like a little girl on steroids. Yeah. Right? You, you, you could see how, like, he even paused when he said, like, a woman. Like, he's still trying you you see that he's like figuring it out, right? He's not trying to be anti-woman, but he is <laughs> in that statement, and and you see him struggling with it. Yeah, and I want I'm gonna put that clip again, just in here. I know exactly the moment you're talking about, it, and I want everyone to hear it because it really did show responding to their comments in a logical way, and just getting just an emotional response. It was almost like women. It's like it was almost like responding to just an emotional little girl, but like on steroids. It was it was just really weird. So they've just heard it again. It it, it really shows it wasn't you know he 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 was in my opinion what he was thinking of was explaining to other people that he thought he could impact in MGTOW. He was sort of going back to what he was thinking back then was like, 
like a like a woman, you know, that they're getting emotion. They were getting mm-hmm. emotional and just yelling at me like like a woman, which is how he would explain the experience of making the videos in the first place. Because you got to remember, he first starts making these videos because he thinks he doesn't have enough experience in the world. And so he goes, there's some stuff that's good about this because I don't have experience. Right. So I don't want to uh, I, I think that this is the right way to be. But I'm going to ask some questions. And every cold person has said this is when you start asking questions, that's when you'll start to see their, their real colors. So I, I felt right. like he was kind of explaining it back in that, that flashback of like, this is where I was. And he does. He does try and be like, okay, maybe it's a little kid, you know. And if he had said went from woman to little kid on steroids, that would have made more sense mm-hmm. to us. But yeah, I thought, that w- I thought that was a remarkable moment too because we have talked to people in this where you're talking to them and – you're interviewing them and you're being objective and you don't know what level they're on. And there's interviews we've thrown out because as I started talking to them, I was like, oh man, you're trying to make this your platform. <laughs> you know, right. you're, you're trying to, <laughs> you're like, you're trying to talk to me and you're like, and, and so this thing, you're like, oh no, this isn't an interview with somebody who gets it. And uh, you, we're going to have to drop this. Um, so it was, it was interesting to see that that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. no, did I miss a bunch of his videos? And oh, no, is this about to turn on me? And he he flipped it. And it was really, I, I was I was really glad you saw that, too. Uh, yeah, I also, like, I love the irony of it, is that, like, women are emotional and they suck because they're all emotional and they're unreliable because they're emotional. But all it does is take, like, one curious question to get these men to fucking lose it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, 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 we were constantly pointing that out, which is like, you know, and this is one of the ways that hashtag cults hide. It's just that like, I'm not being emotional, you're being emotional. It's like, well, if you're abusing me on the internet, uh, yes, I'm being emotional. Uh, that's my right. You know, that this is a classic gaslighter technique is mm-hmm. they're not, yeah. they're mean until you flip out. And then they go, whoa. You know, calm down and calm down. And that's like <laughs> that's like the thing that that they are doing here is that he's saying like, "Hey, here's my thoughts," and they get angry. And being emotional is a big no no in in, in MGTOW because men aren't like that, according to them. Which is like, mm, no, I cried yesterday about like almost spilled milk. So I'm not really sure that men aren't emotional. Um, so, <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it, you know, it was fascinating to see yeah. that too. My my favorite part is when they're like trying to do the MGTOW trolling and then they pull out the calm down too soon. <laughs> you know, like when I'm like, oh, you're a troll. Just go away. They're like, hey, calm down. And I'm like, no, y- you you pulled that out too soon. That was some premature ejaculation on that calm down <laughs> um i you, was you needed to wait for a few more comments well you know that's why we we had only two i'll tell you about it. A, a, I really as one of the few men on the the, the the project was really in charge of interacting with them one-on-one most of the time and so i had two rules there's only two modes right there was talk mm-hmm. to them or block them and there was never <laughs> anything in between. So if I was going to talk to them, I was going to be empathetic and nice and let them kind of be upset and not and let it roll off my back because I had the privilege to be able to do that, right? And, uh, yeah. it, 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 and then the other one was, if we're in danger, block them. 
And it was interesting to see how I do think that the rest of the internet is to blame for giving this cult a lot of power in reacting angrily to somebody who's clearly not doing well, you know? And so it was like, okay, yeah, you reacted angrily and they didn't react to it. Like, or they, they, they then went, started gaslighting you and started reacting this way and starting like playing with it. It's like, if you were to wait a few seconds later, they would be calm. And they would realize it had it had no effect on you. Now that being said, there's a lot of people on the internet that shouldn't have to read any of this stuff, and so they don't have a choice in being calm because they're they feel unsafe, or these people are making threats, or they're trauma victims. So it really did come oh, from yeah. privilege that I could do this. But it, it was interesting to see. Yeah, in a second, this person's going to start to relax a little in some ways, or, or you know, once they're heard, they're doing. And the big advice that Rachel Bernstein gave to us was when we interviewed Peter Nolan, who's the guy that said all the crazy stuff about Muslims. Mm -hmm. uh, she said, you can't get angry. If you get angry, he wins. Essentially. She didn't say wins, but like yeah. essentially if you react to anything, you need to let all of this slide off your back. And he's going to say stuff to try and get a reaction. Some stuff he might not even believe just to get stuff. And it's interesting that, this is how this has escalated is saying stuff that is just getting you to react. And they now found a place that they don't have to change too much. Let's, let's go to the next clip here. So uh, we made a cartoon by this exact name and we, we talked with Chelsea on the show about it. Colts, Colts, Colts can be anywhere. Colts are everywhere. Whatever it was called. I forgot the title. This is clip number nine. <laughs> Yeah, I, honestly, I think this is a situation that's happening happening with a lot of people, because I mean, back in the day we had religion, but nowadays it seems like we have pseudo religions. Like we have, you know, the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the MGTOW Party, Red Pill Party. It seems like everybody wants to be a part of a group, and they're just not listening to each other. But you know, I would say something like. Well, you know, you guys say don't get married or something, but maybe you could just have like a little marriage ceremony that's not part of the state, and you could just you could just have a little you know spiritual ceremony, and then you could um, be married there or something, and then you wouldn't really have to worry about divorce court, you wouldn't really have to worry about um, anything of that sort, and I don't know, they would just ignore exactly what I'm I'm saying. In fact, I would put points into the video. And then they would complain or say the same points when I said or countered all of those points in the video, which is weird. It's like, did you even watch the video? Like, did that just, like, go over your head or, like, what? I'm just, I'm confused. And that's why I think it's a cult, to be honest, because there's no, there's no way that a, a normal human could just see the video and then be like, well, what about marriage? And I'm just like, I, I literally just talked about that. Like, it's, it's just really strange. So, yeah, I, that was the first thought that came to mind is there is, and this was the other comment I was talking about, there's a cult for everything. Mm -hmm. There's a cult for everything. There is. I used to say everybody turns everything into a religion. Yeah. Um. That's I had health problems 
And I went and I found out that like the ketogenic diet was like a good start to helping me with my health issues. And people were ridiculous on those pages. They would get like mad and they would get like send horrible messages to people and they get thrown out of groups for getting angry because somebody didn't know that they couldn't have legumes or they had diet coke when they weren't supposed to i was like (laughs) whoa i was like guys god didn't come down and tell you not to eat carbs just like chill out it's <laughs> they didn't like that either. It's fascinating because I so I'm going to talk about telephone dieting because telephone dieting was this documentary I made that kind of turned into to it was kind of this this podcast I was doing before this and uh, telephone dieting so it was like kind of this comedy thing which was like hack thoughts which are thoughts you don't think about which again was big from groupthink and then this telephone dieting which was the idea that we get all our dieting advice from secondhand sources and thirdhand sources and a game of yeah. telephone. And one of the really interesting things was um, the first event we went to was a vegan food festival. And the day before we went, I had actually had uh, this long day of interviews with two really great dietitians, the Sulmans, uh, who we recorded an interview with uh, Jonah in, in this as well. And um, I asked about what should I, what should I ask at the vegan food festival? And they were saying there's a lot of people – who create their identities. Uh, uh, Joanne Sulman had said, there's a lot of people that create their identities out of this stuff, this, these food things. And that can be sometimes more impactful than anything else, you know? And so we would ask them questions like, well, why do you do that? Can you explain it? And they'd get angry. You know, not in any confrontational way. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Why do you think that? Someone was like, I need to eat more le- like uh, leafy green vegetables. It's like, oh, why? And it was this response, a sort of angered response as if I had said something to them. And it was, it, that became this identity thing. And identity is just, man, it's just like, mm-hmm. I'll say it again. One guy wrote Star Wars and it was George Lucas. If you're that upset about someone messing with Star Wars... It's too much a part of your identity. There's there's interests and then there's, you know, a problem. It's like this identity exactly. stuff seems to be crucial to, to, to all of it. I mean, I'm sure you deal with it in the reverse a lot more because, you know, where people are afraid to claim parts of their identity. Uh, right? Most of the time it's people just not realizing what they would consider their identity. Mm. You know, they're... Like, especially if they're white, cisgender, straight, they're like, I'm white. I don't have a culture. I don't have, I don't have anything edgy about me. Like, sometimes they even sound apologetic when I ask them about their sexual orientation. They're like, I'm I'm straight. I'm just, I'm just straight. I'm like, okay, you don't have to apologize. (laughs) You know, most people are. (laughs) Oh, man. That um, was something we, I'll mention it again, that was something we cut out of um, the original intervention and something that we see all the time. The stats they say about how many people are gay, bisexual, or queer are remarkably wrong. I have never, in <laughs> a, looking at anything on the internet, seen something so inaccurate. To the point where... I mean, some, what were they saying? Oh, like less than 1% of the population... Is, is that, that doesn't even make sense. It, 
That's why I said it was the most wrong fact as a journalist I've ever come across. And it was like, they were like, well, that's, so it doesn't matter what I think. You know, you confront them on things they think about gay relationships. Like, well, whatever. That's less than 1%. Why do I even care? It was crazy. <laughs> as a, I mean, like, if you really think about the Kinsey studies, right, way back in the 40s and 50s, they got the number 5% when majority of gay people were really deep in the closet and wouldn't even say like it. really yeah <laughs> so if it was five percent then how how did it become one percent now like this doesn't make sense okay <laughs> well but you know it's so funny <laughs> you say that i i, I i'm going to talk about one more documentary to see if it's interesting i did a documentary that i never really finished it was sort of like a half uh like it, it, it was meant to be a sort of podcast in serial form with a video element before that was really a thing. But about poppers, I'm sure you know what those are. And oh yes, I know what poppers are. <laughs> and and the government had screwed up. I talked about this in the last website. They talked. They they screwed up on their website. They had totally messed up. The NIH had all the wrong information. And I got because of that. I had gotten onto this a press phone call with a with a doctor, and they had all these studies about kids doing drugs. And I was like. I was a kid not too long ago. I lied to everybody if I ever did drugs. So how do you know that these numbers are right? And it was like I was suggesting something so insane to them that people would lie about how much drugs they would use. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up. Is that, that, that I mean, it's the number one rule of self-reports. There will be lies. <laughs> they were literally just like patting lies. themselves on the back being like, yeah, less kids do drugs now. And I was like, where are you getting that from? The kids? <laughs> Just gonna tell <laughs> exactly. you that they're not high. I I know very few people who even when it's fine to be high, if you go, are you high? That they're going to say yes right away. You know what I mean? You're going to have to get them to try and operate heavy machinery before they're like, oh no, I can't. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of high stakes to to get that out of somebody. Yeah. So absolutely. <laughs> so let's go. Let's go. Let's go to. Uh, Clip number 10, which has one thing that I think, uh, I think both these facts are surprising on different ends of the spectrum, but this is about his home life and all those different things. And mm-hmm. what was going on did, with your relationships with your family, you know, in, in your, your regular life, you know? Oh, man. What? Yeah. So, okay. Um, with my family, I mean... Believe it or not, I come from a, a pretty decent family, you know, mom and a dad and everything. I'm kind of blessed because, like, in the African-American community, it's kind of rare. Not really rare, but, you know, to have a two-family household and everything like that is pretty much kind of a blessing just in general. Um, but, yeah, we were middle class and everything like that. Um, one thing is I didn't really have a car, and I lived in the middle of the suburbs, and back then there wasn't Uber or anything like that. And so it was like 2015, 14 or something like that. I mean, Uber was kind of new. But I I was kind of isolated, you know what I mean? I didn't really experience that much of the real world. I was mostly on the internet for a lot of my life because I didn't really have transportation or any way to, you know, experience the world. You know what I mean? Um, and when you don't have... A, a way to get out and experience the world you could ease I think it's easier to be indoctrinated because the only thing that you really have as a reference is you know the internet or going outside sometimes but 
you're not really exposed to too many people. Um, but yeah, my family dynamic, once I joined the Red Pill, things really, really changed. Like, weird. Like, because even when I was interviewing the, the ex-Red Pill person on my channel, he said the exact same thing as I was saying when it came to family dynamics. So I felt like my dad was... I felt like my mom was... I had resentment against my mom and I had a resentment against my dad. I felt like my dad was being... I don't know, like beta or something because he was just a provider or something or... I don't know why really exactly but I was just like this dude like he's just he's just a beta he doesn't know what he's talking about and I felt like my mom was just well they always say that all women are like that or all women are evil or, or, or things of that sort so I was just like I don't trust you and so it kind of built a lot of tension and a lot of resentment when it came to my family. And the person I interviewed before, the same exact thing happened to him. So it's it's it could be really toxic when it comes to families just in general. So yeah. So as we mentioned, uh, my black opinion is black. Um, and one of the things that I want to put out to people is we've seen a lot of racism in. Yes. Uh, uh, these forums. And so it was shocking to us to learn that there is a huge contingent of black people, like he says, and it makes sense the way he says it, the lack of father figures, uh, you know, or something like that, that sometimes plagues black communities or, or, or anything like that. Like he makes a good point that that well, the Christianity part, right? Right. But I think that's a later clip. Yeah. He, um, later he says like, you know, in the black community, the church is a, is a big thing. And so that's more. It's, yes. It's about sort of a, we'll get there later. It's like a virtue signaling comment that he's talking about these cult manipulators doing that they know, mm -hmm. oh, you're going to listen to it. Um, but yeah, th let's talk before we get into the, the, the part of, of the, um, the, the, the black people in it, which is the number one place, by the way, I'm going to get a little bit on it. Because we had a we have a black expert and we're going to have that a black an Af black African and African American studies expert that I interviewed. But uh, okay, I have a real question for them. Yeah. If you don't mind, pa like passing of this course. on, she'd love it. <laughs> Why would they join the red pill and not like become hoteps? You know what I mean? Like, so I'll, I, I I'm t I'm trying to understand. So. I'm going to say from the perspective, I'm going to pass that on to her from the perspective of, cause I did kind of ask her a question like that. Um, but from the perspective of uh, the MGTOW men, one thing I wanted to say is a lot of times they will sort of make it seem like they've, if, if they have an interaction with a black person, it varies on the scale of racism from on the good <laughs> end to uh, I have a black friend is kind of how yeah. they use it mm -hmm. a lot. And so then it's fine. <laughs> um, no. To the other end where, and this is the best it gets, uh, to the other end where it's like, I don't know if you've seen The Sopranos, but uh, at one point Tony Soprano's like, you know, I don't care about, you know, 
I'm fine with black people so long as they don't date my daughter. Like, that's as good as it gets. Essentially, they believe that they're, like, functioning in different worlds, and it's weird. But to, to give an answer that that our expert kind of gave, um, which, again, she's anonymous. is why I'm not saying her name. We've had more anonymous interviews than people who have done murder uh, in this investigation. <laughs> shows, shows you the control that cults have on people. Um, yes. Uh, she essentially said that you can't, if you try to figure out why people of different races are the victim of race, of, 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 of racism or being taken advantage of, you're going to start to get into this thing of not looking at it as a holistic problem. And kind of her thing right. was like, they're just vulnerable. And you're, there's people out there just ready to take advantage of you and, and, uh, and abuse you. And she saw – her opinion was really interesting because she essentially – I said, you know, well, you know, I asked like you asked, like why, are, why not this and, you know, what about here in, in sort of different terms. But her point was like it's all just racism. It's, it's, it's all just racism and like it, it, you, you, you can't try and figure out, you know – not that everything that happens to black people is racism, but essentially – Right. This is why we have experts say this stuff. It's 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 a bigger problem. That's how it takes its. This is how these things take their face in one form or another. When when someone is persecuted by something in this world, it's usually follows very similar patterns, and it's very rarely like you know so different. If someone's treating a black person poorly, there's very similar motivations across the board. Was her kind of point. It was really interesting that she was like. Like cult experts kind of saw a blank wall to coercion, she sort of saw saw the same flat granite wall to, to racism, um, and so they kind of right. they kind of not oppose each other, but kind of meet in this. If you think of them like two solid walls of of, of saying when people are coerced in two, so they're like bricks. They kind of fit together as like this is a definitive way that people are taking advantage. But I'm going to pass that on to her, um, and okay. and see what she thinks. Um, so that was what I wanted to say about the, the, the African-American part. But I think everyone is fascinated to hear the good home part. Uh, were, were, were you surprised by that? Yes. That he said that he came from a decent home with both parents. Um, I wasn't surprised that he comes from a home with both parents. Um, the fact that he calls it a decent home, I think he's expecting people to assume mm -hmm. that he probably came from some kind of like broken home system, one because of racism and the other, because if you enter a cult, what is the likelihood you have, you know, a decent home, which is the language that he used decent. Um, I, the whole time I was wondering like, how'd his parents, how did his parents deal with that? You know, like, I'm the kind of parent who's like, my child is going to be who she is, and I can't control that. And that's because my parents tried to control me and, like, my own values. And I was like, that's that makes no sense to do that. Like, people need to own their own values so that they own their own lives. And now they're watching his values get distorted to the point where he's being mean to them and disrespecting them. And they just have to endure this. And it's not just being a teenager. Yeah. I, I, I think I can kind yeah. of pass that question on to him as well. Uh, in later clips, you can see that getting like real specifics 
on interpersonal, and this is understandable, getting specifics on interpersonal interactions was a little bit like pulling teeth, and it kind of started to clam up. Mm -hmm. So when I ask about what happens in a relationship, when I ask exactly how he, this person reacted, I think I could understand how someone who's just getting aware of themselves might not be comfortable relaying that information, and that's how it felt. So I kind of, when I needed I mean, to know information, yeah. I leaned on him. But I'm going to ask him about about that. You know, can you elaborate a little bit more on on, on how your parents, uh, you know, felt felt about the whole thing? If you or someone you know has experienced a hashtag cult, is trapped in a hashtag cult, or you have been affected by any group mentioned in this show, go to hashtagcult.org for resources or to get in touch with the show. We want to hear your story.